Keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our consideration. The Saints Triumphant Sunday is the gospel that we just heard a few minutes ago. St. Matthew records it in chapter 25. He says, At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come on to me. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, our heavenly bridegroom, dear friends. At every wedding, the bride is the center of attention. At least every wedding I've ever been. She spends countless hours choosing the right wedding dress and paying countless dollars for it. Same thing with her hair and makeup. On the big day, all eyes are on her. She walks down the center aisle. Everyone stands in her honor. It's her day. On the other hand, it's not really the groom's day. Not at most weddings, anyway. He, he stands there kind of awkwardly off to the side, waiting for his bride to come. He did not spend countless hours picking out the tux he's wearing, nor did he need to. No one's really looking at him. It's not his thing. What a different picture we have in the wedding that is depicted in the parable that Jesus told in our Gospel today. It's not the bride, it's the groom who is the center of attention. In fact, did you notice the bride isn't even mentioned in this parable? Well, there's a good reason for that. You see, in this parable, the groom represents none other than the one who is telling the parable. Jesus Christ, our heavenly bridegroom, the center of attention. In this parable, the, the wedding attendants, the virgins, we call them the, the bridesmaids, had to be ready for his arrival. Everything depended on them being prepared for that. Everything depends on us being ready for the arrival of our heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ. This morning, on this Saints Triumphant Sunday, Focus on Christ, our heavenly bridegroom, and his arrival. Let's, let's join in a chorus, not of, here comes the bride, but here comes the groom. As we dig deeper into this parable of our Savior Jesus, let's listen as he reminds us of how important, how, how utterly, absolutely necessary it is that we be prepared for the day he comes. But let's also listen and hear how we can be confident as we await his arrival. This parable, like all the parables that Jesus told, involved stories from everyday life, the, the people that he first told it to, the people living in Palestine 2,000 years ago, would have been very familiar with. In this case, a wedding. Now, the wedding customs of 2,000 years ago in Judea were, were quite a bit different than our wedding customs that we're used to. So some of the elements of this parable probably sound just a, a little bit strange to us. In Jesus' day, couples didn't become legally married on the day of their wedding, but that actually took place earlier on the day that they pledged to be married, called their betrothal. But they wouldn't live together yet. Instead, 
they would go back to where they had been living, the bride would continue living with her parents. And then, some months or perhaps up to a year or so later, would come the wedding day. On the wedding day, the groom would be accompanied by attendants and he would walk to the bride's parents' home where she would join him and together they would all walk back to their new home where their family and friends would be waiting for them and have an elaborate feast to celebrate their marriage. In this particular wedding procession, there were some things that were a little bit unusual. Number one, it was a nighttime procession. And so the, 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 the bridesmaids, the virgins, had to have lamps. But two things complicated. Number one, the groom was late in coming. I mean, really late. It was midnight before he got there. And number two, half of the bridesmaids had neglected to bring oil. All ten of them brought lamps, but only five of them had oil to refill them. The ones that didn't, Jesus called foolish. How foolish they were. Because a, a lamp without oil is like a, a flashlight without batteries. Absolutely worthless. And so when the groom finally arrived, they tried to run out and buy more oil. I doubt they were successful in finding any shop open, but it didn't matter. They're out of time. And they were out of time. The door was closed. It's obvious. I think, to most of us anyway, what, what the, some of the elements of this parable are, are, are representing, what Jesus was teaching. Uh, that, that image of, of the bride and the groom and the wedding and the banquet, that's something we find a lot of places in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. The, the, the symbol of the bridegroom always points to Christ. Christ is the heavenly bridegroom. The bride is consistently in the Bible the church, in other words, believers. So the main point of this parable is pretty simple to figure out, right? You need to be ready. You need to be ready for Christ, our heavenly bridegroom, to come. Because once he comes, you will have no more opportunities to be prepared. That's it. But that raises a pretty big and significant question, isn't it? How do you get ready? What are we supposed to do to be ready? As I was preparing this service earlier last week, uh, one of the things that I usually do is uh, I do a, a Google search for images, hopefully non-copyrighted ones, that I could use in the bulletin on the cover. So as I'm doing a Google image search looking for appropriate pictures that go along with this parable, I found one that looked like, I might be able to use it, but pretty good. Kind of looked like the one I ended up using, a little bit different. So when I clicked on it, it took me to the original source of that image, which turned out to be a Mormon website. And they were using that image as an illustration for a longer quote by one of the past presidents of the Mormon church. And as he's talking about this parable, he said this, The oil cannot be shared with anybody else because that oil represents your righteous acts which you store up drop by drop, being ready for that day. Wrong! 
Wrong! Wrong! And let me add, wrong! You don't get ready for Christ's coming by doing something. It is not your good works that make you prepared for Christ and give you entrance into that heavenly banquet. If it were, my goodness, would we be in trouble? Our measly, pitiful little good deeds that we do could never, ever amount to anything close enough to be right with God and make us worthy of entering the eternal banquet of heaven. That doesn't make you ready. So what is it that makes you ready? Our righteousness. Christ's righteousness. His perfect life. His holy blood that he shed for you on the cross. It is your faith in him that connects you to Christ. And that's what makes you ready. So how do you store up faith? It's not like you can go out to Costco and buy a big box of it. You can't, right? But, but let's, let's remember, how is it that God the Holy Spirit gives us faith? How is it that he strengthens faith? He tells us he uses what we often call the means of grace. In other words, his word and his sacraments. Now, those are things that we can, in a sense, store up. We can read our Bibles. We can study God's Word with our fellow believers. We can, in worship, hear God's Word. We can receive His sacrament. We can all do those things, even in the middle of a pandemic. Nothing's stopping us from doing those. There's only one thing that will stop it. Christ's return. He comes, there will be no more opportunities. So in the meantime, what should we be doing? Stock it up. Not on good works. We do those out of love and gratitude for Christ, not to get us ready. Stock up by taking advantage of all of the opportunities we have now that the Holy Spirit might strengthen our faith through word and sacrament. Ask yourself, are you ready? Am I ready? Receive Christ's body and blood and be strengthened in your readiness. Ask yourself another question. Do you know anyone who's not ready? I'll bet you do. What can you do to make them ready? What can you do so that they don't end up like those foolish virgins who weren't ready and it was too late? Share the word. Share the word with them. Help them get ready. Take advantage of all of these opportunities as we await our heavenly bridegroom's return. A lot of those, those customs of 2,000 years ago among the Jewish people in regard to their weddings are, are, are different than ours. They're, they're, they seem a little bit foreign and strange to us. But there's one thing that, that we certainly have in common with the customs of Jesus' day as far as weddings go, and that's this. They always ended, like our weddings, with a big celebration, a banquet, a feast. In Jesus' parable, that, that feast, that banquet is heaven. A never-ending banquet. Think about it. 
The banquet of heaven means we get to join with Jesus, our heavenly bridegroom. means we get to enter this, this glorious, eternal, wonderful banquet. It means we get to be with and see our loved ones who died in faith. Those saints who are triumphing gloriously with Christ right now. We get to be with Christ forever. But it's been a while, hasn't it? And Jesus spoke this parable almost 2,000 years ago. In, in, in the parable, Jesus spoke of a, the bridegroom being delayed, cutting it much later than people were thinking he would get there. Isn't that the case? So when's he going to get here? Today? He might? Tomorrow? Maybe? Or maybe 2,000 years from in the parable, all ten of those virgins, those bridesmaids, all ten of them fell asleep. We might be tempted to, to think that we should be critical of all ten of them because they all should have been awake. But that's not really the case, not in this parable anyway. The only ones that were criticized for falling asleep were the five foolish ones who didn't have the oil with them. There was no criticism from our Lord about the five wise virgins who fell asleep. Those foolish virgins had no business closing their eyes and closing them up because they weren't ready. But the five wise ones, sure, they could relax. No reason for them not to snooze a little bit. They were ready. We're ready to. And that doesn't mean that we should become complacent in our faith and Goes off in our watchfulness. Not at all. But it does mean this. As we wait for that day when Christ, our heavenly bridegroom, comes, we can relax. We can be confident. Like those five wise virgins. Even in the middle of a pandemic, even in all this uncertainty and anxiety, we can relax. We can relax confidently and we can relax joyfully because we know we're ready. Faith in Jesus, ready at all times. Whether he comes today or tomorrow or the next day. It, it means we can close our eyes every single night peacefully. Knowing that if tonight's the night that he comes, or if tonight's the night that he calls me personally to come face to face with him in death, I'm ready. It means that when we Say goodbye to our loved ones, those saints whom Christ has called ahead of us. We do so, knowing I'm going to see them again. I'll be with them again. Because we're ready. And we're confident. And we can actually begin celebrating this, this wedding banquet. Even now, even in the middle of everything we're going through, we can celebrate and be confident and relax. Saints of God, you're ready. Continue to be ready. Take advantage of every opportunity that you have to hear God's word, to receive his sacrament, to share God's word with those who aren't ready. And then get ready to celebrate. Get ready to celebrate forever because here comes the group.